Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Welcome to Stupidity, home of the greatest media mind ever to walk the planet. I tell you what, man, he's a literal titan across the entire media landscape. Okay, so here's the deal. He's a true icon in every sense of the word. He's loved and feared more than any being to grace this planet. There's two guys, is it? A man with a voice that sounds like Barry White and Beyonce had a Jewish baby. God himself would pay $39.99 for a cameo. Fact of the matter is, you are about to embark on a transcendent experience that can only be described as psychological nudity. This is Stu Gatz, and this is Stu Pottery. Here we go, Jim. Tony! Welcome into another episode of Stupidity, the biggest podcast in the world. Thanks to you. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review. Listening, as always, is optional. Uh, Mikey, biggest podcast in the world, except if you ask Barrett Media. They released their top 20 original sports podcast of 2020. And I am not certain as to whether we finished 1B or 18th. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, considering on this list we're between 17 and 19, I think he's got us at 18. <laughs> but I don't get it. I, I mean, I'm a little insulted. Right, listen, we only do it once a week. Some of those other podcasts are like three, four-day-a-week podcasts. Uh, Dan and I did not qualify because in 2020, our podcast was just a repurposed version of our show. I'm assuming that will change in 2021. We'll be number one. Stupidity will be 1B. Uh, we'll repeat at 1B, okay? But you're reading that as 18, and I'm reading it as a tie for first, Mike. I mean, that's a, that's how I read it. I mean, we should be. I mean, I'm looking at some of that. I mean, Rosillo? Rosillo? <laughs> We're behind Rosillo? <laughs> Who is 17th? Well, who's 1A? I mean... <laughs> Who is 17? Who is 17? 17 is Adnan. We're below Adnan. Get the this hell is a fig- out of no, here. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I quit the, I quit the business. Are you talking like, cinephile or Adnan does another? No, 
the GM shuffle with Michael Lombardi and Adnan Verk. Oh, that sounds good. Get them both on the show. <laughs> <laughs> please, please don't. <laughs> no, no, no. Get Adnan and get Lombardi on the show. And while we're at it, get Jason Barrett on the show, okay? He's a friend of mine, Barrett Media. I like him a lot. And he says a lot of positive stuff about me and our show. But I am outraged by 18th, okay? <laughs> like, get him on, okay? And then here's a... Listen, this is a big job. Everyone... He ranked ahead of us. Get them all on the podcast, okay? <laughs> Boy, there's some names here. Yeah. Well, one of those, Schefter, yeah. Woj. I know. Well, one of those. Well, I was going to say one of those names is Adam Schefter, and I don't know if you uh, if you heard what Schefter had to say yesterday about the Jets' quarterback. We'll get to that in a second. And by the way, Chris Sims is going to join us on this week's uh, episode of Stupidity. I love him. He's a friend. He breaks down quarterbacks as well as anyone I've ever met. And there's certainly a lot to break down in terms of quarterbacks headed into the offseason. What do you got, Mike? What do you got, Mike? So I'm, I'm looking at this list and I'm seeing a lot of names. And how about this? As opposed to getting all these people on, how about I just get you Caliendo? Done. There we go. Marty Smith. Marty Smith. I love Marty. We're better. You know what? Listen, here's the thing. I'm going to start asking ESPN people to come on this podcast, and I'm going to dare them to say no. Like, that's what I'm going to do. In fact, Schefter's going to be first. You're going to start offering them home and homes? Well, no. Listen, you know that people are not allowed on any of their podcasts. Oh, I don't think I can go on their podcast. But you're telling me if Adam Schefter goes to his boss, does Adam Schefter even need to go to his boss and say, I'm going on stupidity? He doesn't need that. What are they going to do to Schefter? I, suspend him for a week? Uh, Sims, what do you think right, about well, <laughs> I see Chris Sims Right laughing. before Watson news breaks and Wentz. <laughs> Sims, do you think Schefter needs to get anyone's approval to come on stupidity now that I'm no longer on ESPN? It's nice to see you, by the way. You look great. Hey, well, thank you. I know I look great. It's great to see you as always. Uh, but um, yes, he definitely needs approval to get on stupidity. There's no doubt about it. Yes. I will actually Re- wait. Really? Are you run by ESPN anymore? I don't even know who the hell you're with or who's running your damn podcast. Levitard is. We're in a pirate phase. I mean, we're just like sailing around the waters looking for land, Sims. That's what we're doing. No? No way. No way is he going to be allowed on your podcast. (laughs) No freaking way. Wait, so Schefter used to appear frequently on the podcast. You're maintaining, now that I'm no longer with ESPN, that there is no way ESPN is going to approve anyone on this podcast? Is that what you're saying? No way. There's absolutely no way. <laughs> I ESPN is so horrible with sharing their talent or doing anything like that. I have a no ESPN rule to say, screw you, ESPN, up yours. I'm not doing your crap either. I have ESPN radio call me all the time. Lebetards, Dugats, you guys are the only ESPN people I have done really over the last four or five years. The hell with everybody else. Yeah, that's why we love you, Sims. We love you. How you Considering I produced a lot of those other things, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> What's Wait, impersonal to, to you? <laughs> <laughs> I want you to play the sound because we did top 10 sounds in stupidity history. And you'd be happy to know your father finished in the top five. Uh, Mikey A, play the sound that got Phil Sims into our top five sounds in stupidity history. The 18th ranked podcast in the world, according to Jason Barrett. Punch him in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, Mikey, do you have the long version of it? Because Phil was like, it was right after the open and Phil was already, he was already attacked.
attacking our producers and everyone. So uh, your dad's got a nasty temper. I want Mikey A to get the long version of this. Uh, you and your dad, but I was listening back to that episode. It was great before we play it, Mikey A. Your dad, like, I thought the funniest thing about that is your dad saying, Chris, I'm going to punch you in the face. Chris, I'm going to punch you in the face. Producer, going to punch you in the face. The God's going to punch you in the face. Chris, going to punch you in the face. And then you reveal to all of us, you and your dad never fight. <laughs> never. Like, never fight. Like, I very rarely have even really seen him get pissed off other than maybe a few right. times in my whole life. Like, really, I'm not joking. Like, three or four times where he's gotten angry and I'm like, whoa, I never saw that. And I, I think legitimately... What was it that day that we played? Oh, I think when you gave him the introduction and said he was like, you know, didn't play in the second Super Bowl or something like that. <laughs> and Hostetler yeah. won it and all that. Like, I think that legitimately yes. got underneath his skin just a little bit. Like, that was a joke, but real at the same time. It was a joke. I will not take responsibility for it. That was our producer, even though I listened to it before it aired and approved it. Uh, but Mikey, yeah, play the sound that set Phil Sims off. <laughs> By the way, what it was was he got replaced by somebody that won oh, one playoff game was. as a broadcaster. A that's what it was. <laughs> All which, right. Which, which led to this. <laughs> who, heard, who wrote the opening of this show? <laughs> I want to punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> of course he's joking, everybody. Yeah, right. Seriously, Dad, when's the last time you and I have actually been in an argument? I don't know. We I don't remember. No. I mean, usually when I have because you know why? Yeah, why? Hey, why, Stugatz? Why? Because you'll punch him in the face, Bill. <laughs> Wait, he, he catch on quick. You know, you are quick. Out of way, baby. Oh my goodness, he's had to kill me. Tattoo it says punch him in the face. Okay. Uh, All right. Congratulations to the Sims. Hey, Stugatz, you still there? Yes, sir. Oh yeah. So when I watch you, you're doing your show tomorrow. Just remember, I'm shooting you the finger. <laughs> 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 Your dad is a badass. He is. He's the best. Uh, it's a side that not everybody knows of my dad, for sure. You know, it's you see him on CBS and he's got his blazer on. He talks all proper, but my dad can shoot this shit and talk shit as good as anybody I've, I, as that I've ever been around. Do you remember the last time he got mad at anything? Like, was it Romo? <laughs> no, no. You know what? Like he handles all those things, like real life dejection or anything like that. Man. He's the perfect father to look up to, to go, wow, that's how you handle that. That's how you get back up. Um, sure. Gosh, the last time he got really pissed off was really probably when my mom or my sister spent too much money on his credit card. I mean, that's the last time. <laughs> I can relate. He has, yeah. a, he has a little bit of a habit of wanting to look at the checkbook and pay the bills on <laughs> Christmas morning. And then he gets pissed all of Christmas. And we're like, Hey, Dad, what the fuck? Wait till tomorrow to look at the checkbook. Like, are you kidding me? Can we swear on this podcast or is it too late now? <laughs> no, no, you can swear, swear all you want. Good. It's encouraged, by Good. the way. Um, why Christmas morning, though? Like, what is he doing? I, I don't why know. Is... It's like he wants to get himself, like, revved up. Like, he's seen what they bought, and now he wants to check on what it all costs. He did it a lot of times. <laughs> I mean, a lot. Not only when I was growing up, even when I was in the NFL, and we'd come back, my wife and kids, and maybe spend Christmas Eve night at my mom and dad's house up in New Jersey. There was still a few times in my 20s where he was doing it. But that's just Big Phil. Who knows? Who the hell knows? <laughs> 
a Christmas Day tradition unlike any other. <laughs> you check the balance and then checking account. <laughs> uh, Chris, help me out here. Uh, Chris Sims, I think you evaluate quarterbacks better than anyone. You've done it on our show. You're fantastic with it. Um, I am t- Now, listen, if you tell me that he played well, then I will finally succumb to all the pressure I'm getting on my show that he played well. Brian Baldinger and others trying to convince everyone that Patrick Mahomes played well in the Super Bowl. Did well, he? listen, he played. He didn't. Uh, he he didn't play well. I don't want to say that. And uh, but let me let me clarify this. I also yes, an underwhelming performance by him, but not because of him. I think that's what they're trying to say to you, Stu Gotts. Really, listen. What he did and what he did running around and just even making it work was pretty phenomenal for the way they were outplayed in the football game. You know, you know, you saw the O-line was horrible. So there was no Mm -hmm. pass protection. They don't have a run game. They never have. That's not what they do. They're going to throw it with Patrick Mahomes. And really here was the thing that shocked me more than anything, Stugatz, is when I watched the film back yesterday and talked about this on my podcast, the game plan was underwhelming. And I mean that because it was a game plan to beat the defense they played in week 12 when they beat, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers didn't play that defense one time this game. They changed it up and had a whole different attack. And really going into the game, I thought, Todd Bowles, I know he blitzes, but he's not stupid. He's not, he's going to have to get out of his realm of comfort if they want to win the Super Bowl. And I give him a lot of credit because he's famous for blitzing and he barely blitzed at all because he knew Mahomes and company would torch it. And I'm just shocked that Andy Reid and company went into the game with still that same game plan where I thought they would come into, hey, they're going to play deep. They're going to play zones and do all that. Let's dink and dunk them right and make them come up. And then once they come up, hey, we can go back to week 12 and bombs away and do that stuff. That was where I was really shocked, and that's really where Mahomes' struggles were. It wasn't him. It's just the whole team was outplayed, and they were outcoached as well. So, Chris, he said afterwards in the postgame, they took away the deep ball, they took away the sidelines. What you're saying, just so everyone understands, just beat them five yards at a time early on with Kelsey, 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 the running backs out of the backfield. That will bring the safeties in. Then you can go back to Tyreek Hill. No, no right? doubt about it. That's exactly what I'm saying. We saw it in the Buffalo Bills game. They played a lot of deep coverage. I don't think Mahomes completed a pass over 20 yards in the AFC Championship game. The first few times they ever had struggles in the Mahomes era, that's what defenses did to them. Played back. We're not going to let the big plays keep everybody in front of us. And they struggled. But, you know, when they lost to the Raiders earlier this year, They struggled in that New England Patriots game where they barely beat them without Cam Newton. They really, from that point on, grew their short passing game offense. And to where I thought, in the Super Bowl, if the Bucs play that pass defense, they'll dink and dunk and tear it apart. And yes, it's about, like you said, Stugatz, it's, hey, there's two linebackers here. Let's find three guys to go there and play three-on-two basketball underneath the zone. Oh, there's one guy over here. Let's find a way to get two guys over there in that part of the zone and play two-on-one on on him and make him wrong every time. And there was just nothing of that aspect. And there you go, which I don't understand here just because now you got me going, is you know you have offensive line issues. You know your quarterback is not 100% and having surgery today, right now as we're talking. But you're going to have a a, a game plan of let's drop back and throw it deep and we think we're going to protect that defensive line. I'm, I'm dumbfounded by that approach by the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. 
It was uh, it was odd. So who deserves? Is it Bienemy for not making adjustments at halftime? And I guess it stops at Andy Reid, right? He's the I, head coach. I think yes. I mean, definitely it's both of them. There's no doubt about it. You know, the adjustments at halftime, we saw a little of it. That's why they went right down on the first drive and scored that field goal, right? There was a little. They came out they running. They came out yes. running. We saw a little dink and dunkage from Kelsey. The next drive, I think they drove down again, and they ended up, you know, petering out there on a fourth down or whatever. But we saw a little of it. But nonetheless, it was kind of the similar play over and over. They didn't have the diversity in the game plan of all the short passes they've had. And, yes, I think that's on Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, not only for non- non-adjustments, but really not going into the game prepared for that element and how they might be attacked that way. Uh, Chris, here is my problem with – so it's, it's, a, it's an awfully convenient spot that Patrick Mahomes has found himself in where if they win, he gets all the credit. If they lose – it's a bunch of other things that were going on. That's the reason uh, that they lost. And, and my problem with all of this analysis, and listen, you're great at this. You're seeing things that I'm not seeing. So if you tell me Patrick Mahomes played pretty good, I'm with I don't want to say pretty Patrick good Mahomes for played... Patrick Mahomes. It was just solid, but I'm not going to sit here and say okay. he's the reason they lost. Or I didn't watch the film back and go, man, there was people open and he was just missing them. You know, there was nothing there right. to be had. I didn't come away from the game going, Man, Mahomes missed a lot of plays. If he played a little better, they would have won the football okay. game. I didn't come away with that, right? So my pro- my problem is when they win, when they win the Super Bowl and everyone's putting him in the Hall yeah. of Fame and calling him the greatest of all time. And, and listen, the kid's great. I mean, he's unbelievable, Chris. But no one gives Eric Fisher credit when they win. But it's Eric Fisher not being there. That's the reason that they lose. So why not give him the credit when they win, right? Well, yeah, I know. that. That's the, that's the horrible thing about football right now in general. Yes. I mean, listen, I watched the NFL channel last night, and I want to watch you know Super Bowl conversations. The first 25 minutes of the show is about one guy. He wasn't even the best guy on that team that day. It was all about Brady, 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 Brady. I'm like, okay, I love Brady, but can we talk about one other element in the game? Like the defense had an all-time performance or the running game was amazing. I mean, that's just the world we're in right now. And that's what's annoying about it. And, hey, left tackle, first-round pick of the draft, maybe the best right tackle in football, not there on their football team. They had to have three guys switch around and play positions they weren't comfortable playing. That's again goes back to what the hell was Kansas City thinking with that game plan, you know that bothers me. And hey, listen, Stu Gatz, here's the other thing too, where it's a little different with Kansas City and guys like Aaron Rodgers to me, as compared to maybe Tom Brady or Drew Brees. These teams are they're formulated all off of Mahomes' talent. It's like he walked on the field and they said, "You're the team. You're the show." We're going to throw it every play. What? You're a rookie? We don't care. We want 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards. You know, Brady, Breeze, those kind of quarterbacks, they, they got to play team football for a number of years before they were asked to now carry the team and do those things. You know what I mean? So uh, I think that's sometimes why maybe Mahomes gets a little bit of a, a free pass because so much of what the team does – is really just predicated on his unbelievable talents. And it's not just, it's not realistic to think he can do it every week, every game against playoff and super caliber, caliber, you know, defenses. Is that the best defensive line of football right now? Chris? Um, yeah. I mean, it's pretty damn good. No, it, it, it's right up there. You know, like I think of the 49ers when they're healthy, the Rams, of course, are in that combo. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers off the top of my head. I'm trying to think the Saints is really good. But, no, I think when you blend, and especially when they have Vita Vea there, and you have Vita Vea, Sue, 
JPP and Barrett, I would say, Stugatz, you're right. It's the best D-line in football because it's got everything. They can stop the run by themselves, and they can really get after the passer, all four of them. It's a pretty special group. So this is why I love talking to you. Vita Vea, uh, and I love talking to people who really study the NFL because we don't know what we're watching. We have no idea what we're watching uh, every weekend. Vita Vea had one tackle, yet I have people telling me, like yourself, most important guy on the field for the Bucs well, that day. So uh, why? Well, Explain that. Yeah, well, this goes like right back into what you were saying with the offensive line, right? Like defensive linemen, only guys that get ever get credit are the guys with sacks, right? And I, I have a thing on my podcast and even on Pro Football Talk with Mike Florio where I go – they need to come up with a stat for defensive players called fuck the playup stat where he <laughs> fucked the playoff, right? They wanted to run here, but he fucked it up and they couldn't block him. Now the running back had to run somewhere else. And yeah, Devin White got the tackle or somebody else. So you're on the stat sheet for nothing, even though you're the guy that really ruined the play. And that's what he's amazing at or just pushing a center back into the quarterback's face. And now he can't step up, and he's got to run. And Shaquille Barrett gets the sack. And, hey, that's cool. That's great. But Vita Vey is really the guy that fucked the play up and ruined it. And that's where those guys are special and, and don't get enough, you know, headlines, in my opinion. Wait, so what do we want to call this stat? I like this stat. Fuck the play up. <laughs> so Vita Vea fucked more plays up than anyone on that field that night. I like that. No, no doubt. Vita Vea, you know, guys like Aaron Donald, stats don't do credit to him, even though right. he does get sacked. Chris Jones, the Fletcher Cox of the world. Those are guys where I'd go, man, most coaches would pick them, the top two or three picks, if they could pick any defensive player in football. The stats aren't going to look good. But it's because, oh, it's a double team? Oh, nobody's moving me. Oh, I'm single box? Get the fuck out of my way. I'm going to make the tackle. <laughs> you know, they're just they're, they're destruction. They're mayhem. That's what those guys are. Is that your Vita Vea voice right there? Is that what that, you're doing? Yeah, that's, my, <laughs> that's my big defensive tackle voice. <laughs> Chris, Chris Sims with us. Stu Gouts here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold. Miller Lite. Always have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Uh, you, right. Right. You can't, you retired right. in 2010. If I told you when you retired in 2010 that this motherfucker would still be playing football and he would win his seventh Super Bowl for another team, you would have said what back then? No way. Not in 2010. <laughs> because 2010 Tom Brady was not that special. Either. I know. That's the other thing I'd like to say about it. Now, one, you know, one, hey, yeah, envisioning anybody to play after the career he had already had in 2010, it was already special. To think he'll have the drive and motivation and be able to stay healthy for another 10 years and go on that type of run, I mean, it's really special. It's amazing. 
It is a credit to him. Where I'm more amazed than anything is, you know, he won the first three Super Bowls. He lost to the Giants, right, that 2007 yeah. team. He tears his ACL. He comes back, and he's a good player, but not a great player for a number of years, in my opinion. You know, yeah. I, I got a lot of people yelling at me, what are you – because I started going, Brady is not a top-five quarterback anymore. I started saying that. Listen, they drafted Jimmy Garoppolo in the two, 2014 draft, not because they thought Brady had five more awesome years in him, because they were going – Man, the way he looked in 2013 was a little scary. We need to start thinking of the future. If you remember in 2013, they played in the AFC Championship game against the Denver Broncos, who went to get blown out by the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. But in that game, and this still is a huge moment for me in my life as a football evaluator or anything, the Broncos literally begged Tom Brady to beat them in that game. They played a defense all game to say, we're not going to let LeGarrette Blunt and the run game beat us, and Brady was really average. And that led the Patriots to drafting Jimmy Garoppolo. And really, it's like from that point on, he turned his career around and was like, no, fuck you, New England. You're not replacing me. I'm not going to become dink and dunk Tom Brady anymore. I'm going to start pushing the ball down the field. And that's what I'm amazed by. I really think he's better now than he was in 2012, which is insane to say. I think the incredible thing, he chose wisely because this team is young, this team is good, this team has a great defense, this team has a running game, a good offensive line. Like, Chris, if he wins a couple of more here, you're not going to be surprised, right? <laughs> I, I, no, I mean, you you said it. There's not a weakness to their football team. You know, really, the only question we had about the team, and, you know, and, and I'm not trying to pat myself in the back, but, like, around week five or week six, I started saying, man, when the Bucks play good football, they look like they could be the best team in football. It was just they could get it all together and be consistent on a week-to-week -week basis. They did that. A lot of that credit goes to Brady. But, yes, you know, Brady picked the right team. He wanted to go to the 49ers. After that, it was the Buccaneers because he knew, damn, those teams are set up and they can protect me to where I can throw the football and not have to worry about being hit and I have weapons and all those type of things. And that, to me, was the brilliance of what they did. They ran the ball, and as the year went on, it was just play-action pass, protect Brady, and he'll throw lasers around the field. And I would be shocked if they're not right in the thick of things again next year, Stugat. It's, it's unfucking believable Chris Sims with us here on Stupidity. Check him out. Unbutton Podcast, NBC Sports NFL analyst. Does a great job. Also co-host of Pro Football Talk Live along with Mike Florio. Um, it is like... I cannot believe that I'm still sitting here because as a Jet fan, I had to deal with Brady for 19 years. Uh, and the fact that he's now in a new conference and still winning Super Bowls, like Dan and I were discussing this. So I wonder, because you know, people like who took that the worst? Was it Belichick watching that game unfold? Was it Jameis Winston? Was it Belichick? Like who, <laughs> who had the hardest time watching Brady do that? I think Aaron Rodgers. Oh, God, that's great. You're right. <laughs> I think Aaron Rodgers was like probably going, man, what the are fuck? you kidding me? <laughs> I outplayed him in the NFC Championship game. He still gets to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> and then he goes to the Super Bowl, and he's probably going, and the Chiefs are a wreck. You know, Andy Reid and his son got issues. Mahomes isn't healthy. The offensive line's beaten up. And he was probably sitting there at home going, man, we probably would have won the Super Bowl this year. I thought of Aaron Rodgers. Of course, I thought of I, I thought of Belichick. I thought of Peyton Manning. Those right. are the guys I think of because they're just like, oh, crap, gosh, he's going to win another one. 
And well, Peyton, now he's got three times more Super Bowls than me and, and that kind of crap. Well, Peyton had the one thing. The only thing Peyton had on him was uh, he had won for two different franchises. <laughs> right. That's gone. No more. <laughs> no more. But you, it's listen, unreal. You coached for a year, right? You coached in yeah. New England for a year, coaching assistant. So you know Belichick. Belichick, I can't imagine he handled this. Very, like, internally, he must be like, Jesus Christ. I, I think... I think he handles it a lot better than you would realize. Okay. And again, I, I can't speak like he's happy for, Bill. for him. Well, I, I do. Okay. I don't think Bill gets caught up in personal shit okay. like that. All right, good. He's such a robot and a curmudgeon and state of the task. I mean, listen, he molded Brady and the Patriots, and the way Brady is is because of Bill Belichick. Okay. Hey, next play, be focused, be detailed, be tough. You know, shut the noise out. That's all New England stuff. I mean, that's they started that. And he's the same way. He's not going to get caught up in the rivalry with Brady and all that. I just don't know him to be like that. The Patriots, the one thing that I really jumped out to me when I was there, and this is Brady included. Uh, how do I want to say this? They internally motivated. They didn't externally motivate it. They weren't always like, oh, this guy said this. Fuck this team, and we're going to beat them this week. They were more like, we need to get better, and that was a bad game we played, and what are we going to do to get better? What am I going to do to get better? That's their approach, and I have a hard time thinking Belichick wouldn't have been a little bit happy for Brady. I don't think he takes it personal. I really don't. All right, and that's uh, that's that's very cool to hear how they, you know, internally they're driving themselves. They're not using the the bulletin board material that, no. we, that we fall in love with as fans. Right, um, right. That's interesting. Can you speak to – the year you spent coaching there, can you speak to what it is – because I marveled. I hate that this is happening to me, Mikey A. Has this happened to you where I'm starting to appreciate and like Tom Brady? Uh, perhaps because he's out of our division. But just the way he leads, the way he goes up to defensive players after the game, and he tells Shaq Barrett, I'm so happy for you because he delivered him a Super Bowl. Man, you, like, Can you describe what type of leader he is in the one year you spent with him? Is it possible to articulate that? Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, you know, I was there for 17 or 18 months. First off, he's a great guy. Right. He's a great human being. You know, other than Deflate Gate, he's about perfect. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. But but you know, he's got a great way with people. That's the first thing I'll say about Tom Brady. He's got kindness in his eyes. You know, when you see him, when you meet him, you just feel like, hey, I'm meeting a good guy. He wants to listen to you and talk. He he's like that with the whole locker room. He's like that with everybody. So he doesn't big time anybody. And I think what I appreciated just seeing him work and do his craft is, you know, of course, was one of the first guys in the building every day and wasn't about me, me, me. Just went in a room and started working and watching film and wasn't like, hey, guys, look, I'm here. I'm out working everybody or anything like that. You know, and then when you got on the field, it was business, but he had a great way of bringing juice and, and some life to the team, too. You know, you'd be, he'd be thrown to the receivers and just kind of a warm-up part of practice. But he'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm throwing lasers today. You guys ready to kick that? And that gets everybody going. The ref, then all of a sudden, the wide receivers are kind of like, oh, break, oh yeah, you're throwing lasers today, Tom? And, <laughs> and, and, then they, and then all of a sudden, practice becomes better. That's the greatness of Brady to me right there, let alone when he needs somebody does something wrong. He can motherfuck them in a second, but he's got a great way of like, hey, that wasn't personal. We're trying to get better here on the field. This is about football. We'll go hang out later and I'll, I'll kiss you and hug you. But fuck you. That was a bad play right there. Now let's move on.
And that's the way he is. And that's what makes him great to me. I love that. It's making everyone feel important. And, and then that's the stuff that he does. Like what he did for Antonio Brown and the way he stuck up for him and stood by his side. Listen, you might not like Antonio Brown. You might think that Antonio Brown has no business playing in the NFL. But what that does in a locker room, Chris, it buys Brady so much because guys say to themselves, look, he did that for Antonio. He'd do that for me too, you know? No doubt. No, it means He doesn't judge people. Right. He's going to judge it for himself. He's not going to judge it off of, I read an article or this guy said this. And the one thing he can hit it off with with Antonio Brown is they're psycho-obsessed about football. Right. So they have that to be able to talk about and, and, oh, hey, let's go work and do that. But you're right, too, Stu Gatz. It's major street cred in the locker room when guys see that. You know, hey, here's Tom Brady helping out an African-American player who's, yeah, done some crazy shit. And certainly, yeah, we all need to question him a little bit. But he's got, you know, the kind spot in his heart to kind of take him under his wing and try to get him back going back in the right direction let alone he wants him to help him on the football field. So it was a win-win situation. Hold on Mikey a second. A is, Mikey A is fucking furious I, with me right now. <laughs> did you? Are you praising Brady? Are you sitting here <laughs> talking about the greatness of Tom Brady now? I, Who I, are you? I don't know. Who well, are listen, you? This Brady's motherfucker great. did it to I, us for two decades, and now you're like, hey, man, what a leader. Yeah, because he's not doing it to us anymore. I mean, well, we're not no, good not enough. Fan. That's your guys' issue. I'm not a. I'm the Giants fan. I mean, we're two and all in the Super Bowl. Listen, I'm all right with them. Chris, you're doing your job. You're doing everything great. I'm just. This guy is sitting here next to you, going, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Tom Brady is so good. Yeah. Hey, this is what's even funnier is most people, Mike, think I'm a Brady hater because you know I don't say he's the greatest of all time all the times. I do say he's guilty of deflate gate. You know, I don't let him off the hook for that type of stuff. I think he's amazing. I think he's the clutchest quarterback ever, you know, leader, general, everything like that. You know, but a lot of people think I'm a hater because <laughs> I won't say he's the greatest player, greatest of all time that I've ever seen. Most accomplished? Yes, definitely. But let's not forget, he got to win three Super Bowls with playing defense and running. He threw for 145 yards and one touchdown and became an MVP of a Super Bowl. <laughs> Ty Law had that. I mean, you know, they're just he's – he's had the benefit of that very good team. And like Stu Gatz mentioned, he picked a team that was extremely talented this year to go to. And I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but what I get sick of with the Brady stuff sometimes is just the – we act like nobody else was on the football team. Like, it was just – he tackled, he caught, he called the plays, and I just – I get worn out by that stuff. It's not right. actually that's media Tom stuff Brady. because Brady doesn't act like that. That's the cool thing about Brady. Oh, here I no, am praising right. him again. No Mike, doubt. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, Who are you? He's my favorite. You no know, favorite player in the league. No wonder we're 18. <laughs> I'll tell you, it's the time he came on stupidity. That's that's what did it to me. Okay. <laughs> that, Mike, that was it. Well, hey, and you like? Would you stop fucking asking me to come on four minutes before the it. show starts? I knew it. I knew hey, it. Hey, can you come on? I knew it. Can you come on the podcast in seven minutes? Or <laughs> I knew it. Hey, no, Ma I can't. <laughs> Mikey A, I, Chris, I told him. I told Mikey A, Chris is going to be furious with me because I always wait till the last minute. In fact, uh, Mikey A, play the sound of what Chris Sims, like when Chris Sims gets a text from me asking him to come on the podcast 14 minutes before we go to air. Uh, Play for the audience what Chris Sims is thinking, but play it in his dad's voice. 
Punch him in the face. <laughs> Listen, from now on, I'm going to text you because I text Stu Gotts a week out like, hey, let's get Chris next week. And he'll be like, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. And then I'm texting him all week. Hey, so Sim's ready 2 o'clock maybe Tuesday? Yeah, 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 he'll be fine. He'll be fine. And then all of a sudden he texts me Monday night. Hey, I got to call Sims. I got to ask him. Mike, please. Last time he asked me the night before, which I was like, okay, that's good. I can move some things around and I'll make it work. So I moved some things around for a one o'clock appearance on the podcast. He texts me at 1250. Hey, I can't do it. I'm going to be late. Can you do it a little later? I'm like, no, I fucking moved my day around. And now I'm packed later in the day because of you, dick face. <laughs> Listen, I'll text you from now on, but I got to tell you, for a while, it, it wasn't just his fault. You know, I would text you and I would get nothing back because I was ESPN radio. <laughs> uh, you're probably right, though. Yes. You're probably right. Yes. I don't know if I actually I don't know if I associated you with him, maybe at first. So that's my fault. Certainly not personal to you, Mike. <laughs> oh, my gosh, folks. Gather around. Everyone gather around. Listen to these words. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers, listen to me. You bet just 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DAN. That's code DAN for new customers. And you get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. That's insane. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Chris, I want I want to go very, very quickly with you. First, I'm going to do the college guys, then we'll get to the NFL guys, because I think you're the, the best in the business at this, okay? So we'll rat-a-tat-tat on quarterbacks. But first, let's, like, have you watched enough of the college guys? So I'll start with Justin Fields. What do you think of Justin Fields? Have me on in another month, and I'll really be able to break them down, okay? Because I, I, this is my week where I'll start to get into okay. draft and free agency. But I listen, I've seen enough, Stu. Well, no, I can go it. the other route with you. What I was going to do was just name a quarterback and where you think yeah. he's going to play, like current NFL quarterback, and where you think he'll be playing week one next year. Let's do All that right, one. Well, I can give you a okay. little bit. We can talk about the college kids, and we can see where it goes, you know, at least you know a month from now, and I'll tell you how it's evaluated. Whatever you want, you let me know. All right, let's quickly start then with Justin Fields because I'm interested in him because the Jets have the number two pick and that might be a guy that they end up taking. So No, no doubt. I mean, big, strong, like a Dak Prescott, right? But I think maybe even a little bit more athletic and maybe a more of a naturally gifted, powerful arm than Dak Prescott. Now, I don't think he controls the ball and is as accurate as Prescott. He has one little thing that worries me a little, Stugatz. He does this, what I would call elbow first, where he gets it like this, to cock it, and then he comes back to throw it. You don't see Brady do that, right? You don't see Aaron Rodgers put their elbow up and then try. And that's why in the national championship game, in my opinion, why you saw some balls that were a little off target and things like that. That's my only concern. But the athlete, the power in the arm, you know, the leader, all those things, I like so far just from TV scouting. Are you as high on Trevor Lawrence as everyone else is? Yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence is slam dunk the number one pick. There's no doubt about that. 
Now, we're all saying, we're like, people are like, sometimes overstating it. Listen, I got a hard time saying he's going to be much better than Justin Herbert. I was a huge Justin Herbert fan last year. To me, he's the same kind of guy. Big arm, way, really good athlete that you don't expect because it's some big, tall, lanky white guy. But then all of a sudden he turns it on. You're like, whoa, he can go. Uh, I'm a big fan, fan of Trevor Lawrence. Definitely the number one pick. There's no doubt about that. All right. Do you see enough of Zach Wilson or no? Yeah, I like Zach Wilson's slick. He's the guy I would look at, too, for your number two with the Jets. I would think he'd be in this running with Justin Fields. Really unreal athlete. As slick as I've seen anybody come out of college so far with the ball. What I mean by that, you know, just like the little flick passes and, oh, I'm on the run throwing it sidearm and doing things like that. All awesome. It's as good as I've seen as far as that stuff since Mahomes coming out of college. But I'll say – Really? Like, as just far as the slickness with the ball, okay. the different right. deliveries and being a deal, wheeler and dealer that way, but not the arm strength Mahomes has. And that's the one thing that I want to see. Throws a pretty ball. It's accurate. I just don't know how special his arm is yet. I just I would like to dive in a little deeper there. And like I said, a month from now, I'll Good. be able to tell you that. All right, let's, uh, let's do this. We'll do the NFL quarterbacks, and we'll get you out of here. We appreciate the time. Uh, as always, check Chris out, Unbutton Podcast, NBC Sports NFL analyst, co-host with Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk Live, uh, and a friend, does a tremendous job. Uh, I'm going to name a quarterback. You tell me where you think he's going to be playing next year, week one. Uh, Mikey A., you will break it up with a sounder after uh, Chris Sims is done talking, please, okay? <laughs> we all got our instructions here. Um, Sam Darnold. I could... I could see the Jets going either way with Sam Darnold. I'm going to say the Jets stay with Sam Darnold, and he's your quarterback. I think you can still win with Sam Darnold. I got no issues with him. I don't. And I just think, listen, you know, you're playing quarterback, and you're surrounded by shit, then shit's going to get on your arm, and you're going to smell like <laughs> shit every now and then. I don't know what people expect. So – Let's put some pieces in place for this guy and see what he can do with it there. They have a lot of holes. I think Sam Darnold's going to stay with the Jets. So you would take Devontae Smith or someone like that for Sam Darnold with that number two pick? Yeah. I, okay. I would, yes. Yeah, I mean, if they have two or three receivers they like and they got them real close like the Jamar Chase kid at LSU, maybe you could trade down a few picks too, get another pick and get a receiver that's top notch. You know, they're, they're in a pretty good, pretty enviable, enviable spot as far as that's concerned. Punch him in the face. <laughs> Deshaun Watson. I, I'm going to play that. That's going to break up every single answer you give moving forward here. Uh, Deshaun Watson, he will be playing for who week one next year? I, I mean, I have no idea. He's <laughs> going to command He's going to command the biggest trade haul in the history of football, which he should. He's one of the five best quarterbacks in the game, and he's just hitting the prime of his career. And his contract is already set up and things like that. To me, Sugatir, I'll just say this because I don't know what team, but I'm and I know you wanted fast answers, but you're no, not going to get them. Sorry, that's fine. No, I, I listen. I enjoy I I enjoy discussing this with you. I cool. certainly never get the chance to discuss it with Levitard, so this is perfect. I'm in heaven cool. right now. Yes, good. Well, to me, like the thing with Deshaun Watson is like I don't think teams like the Jets and that are going to be in the running for him. Why? So he can go there and be the same shitty situation he was with Houston. Right. And then the Jets can be 4-12 and 12 with Deshaun Watson because they've traded away all their picks and everything to get him? That, to me, doesn't make sense. I think it has to be a team that's either got 
a lot of picks, you know, stored away, but has a team that's, you know, a team that's in a good spot. Like the a team like the 49ers would make sense to me. It really would. Teams ready. Here, you can have our quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. We'll give you some first-round picks, and we get the Sean Watson. You know, that makes sense. A team like the New Orleans Saints makes sense. Wow. Teams ready. Super Bowl window. They're ready right now. What the hell do we need to see some first round in the next two years? We're ready to go. Let's go. And, of course, the Miami Dolphins, they're one team that I do have my eye on. I know for a fact he has his eye on the Miami Dolphins. There's some sort of relationship with Chris Greer. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they have the picks and are very close to being kind of set up, too. I mean, we saw the, the turnaround they had. They got depth. They got a good team. I mean, I, they're shaping into, into a team where I go, they're going to be around the next few years. Punch him in the face. I want to. I okay. want to stay in the Dolphins for a second. How would that look yeah. to you? Would it be Tua and a first round pick for Deshaun Watson? They have two first round picks this year, their own and the Texans. Uh, they have two picks next year in the first round. They have two second round picks each year this year and next year. So they have the picks and they have Tua. So is it Tua? And how many picks would they have to give up? I think they'd probably have to give up. They probably have to give Tua, and they still might have to give three first round picks. I mean it. <laughs> It, it, they could take four first-round picks to get a guy like Deshaun Watson or, like, a remarkable player with three first-round picks or something like that. First off, you know, again, Tua, there's still a lot of questions about Tua. You know, there's a lot of people in the NFL that, don't, that think maybe the Dolphins will entertain drafting another quarterback in the top ten. It was an underwhelming year as far as how it looked. I'm not trying to judge too quickly. He's a rookie. I understand that. But we saw Burrow and Herbert – who were clearly in a different stratosphere than Tua. And I think that's concerning a little bit to Miami, and it should be. I understand that. So he's not going to hold great trade value right now, right, as far as like, oh, okay, we'll swap you for Watson, and that'll that'll take care of things. No, that's not going to take care of things because they're going to be able to go, well, we don't know if Tua is Tua's definitely an NFL starter yet. And that's going to you know make those things a little bit more interesting too. Punch him in the face. Carson Wentz. Um, if you made me guess there, I would say the Colts. Okay. I just think it makes sense. Frank Reich has coached him. He knows the offense. They're, they're a team too, that is in the window and ready to win right now. I could see that Chris Ballard's very smart. He's not going to give up the farm though, to get Carson Wentz. You know, we know the bears are in that conversation too. What I want to go with the bears is go, why are you interested in Carson Wentz? And Carson Wentz, you shouldn't be interested in the Bears. It's just like Philadelphia. And, like, with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, I want to go, like, if you trade for Carson Wentz and he doesn't play good early in the year, everyone's going to go, oh, well, see, Pace and Nagy can't evaluate quarterbacks. They don't know what they're doing. And it's going to be an issue. And then the whole fan base is going to be on Wentz, and it'll be just like Philadelphia. So if I'm Wentz or Chicago, I'd go, uh, no, thanks. Let's do something else. The Colts is the one that does make sense. But Philadelphia, it sounds like they want Matthew Stafford type assets back for the guy. Crazy. And that's not realistic. That's not realistic for a guy who's you know going to be $40 million in the cap. And there's a stigma right now of well, you trade for him and he doesn't do well. Everyone's going to go, well, they didn't even want him in Philly. They should have never got rid of Nick Foles. Jalen Hurts is better than him. Why did we trade to get this guy? That lessens his value. And I don't know if Philly has realized that quite yet. 
Punch him in the face. Jimmy Garoppolo. Woo! That's a tough one, well, right? It's a tough one. Because you don't I know mean, if one of these guys is going to go to San Francisco. Right? That's what I mean. We need a few of these dominoes right? you need to some fall pieces, first yes. so we can figure it out. Right. That's, where, that's really the issue with this conversation. Right. I just I need a few of them to fall, and then we can yes. figure it out. All right. Because We're going to do it again in a month. Well, you're right, we, and we will. Okay. But the Carolina Panthers, like, they're teams that I think could be involved in these conversations with all these quarterbacks. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo – they're not going to just get rid of him to get rid of him. That's right. one thing. You know, again, you could say what you want. Yes, is he a superstar? No. I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback in football. But the one thing I do know is when he plays, they win. And when he doesn't play, they're not very good. So there is something to that. And I don't think the 49ers are just going to trade him down the river, you know, for some schlep or shitty quarterback. You know, maybe if they feel like they can get Watson – if they felt like a Sam Darnold was a clear upgrade over it, then maybe they make that move. But I, I, I think there's still a great chance Jimmy Garoppolo is back with the 49ers. Punch him in the face. All right, before I uh, get you out of here, and you've been great, as always, we appreciate it. Um, are you telling me if the Jets, okay, if they offered Sam Darnold and the number two pick in the draft and maybe next year's number one as well, uh, that would not get them to Sean Watson? No, that might get it. With those okay. high of a picks, you're right. That might get it. Yeah. And, and Sam Darnold, I still think, is viewed as a starter. So I think that can get it done. Now, the issue and why I'm just skeptical about that, because that makes sense, and that was a very good proposed trade right there. But Deshaun Watson has a no-trade clause. Is he going to want to go there good and point. do that? That's right. just going to be the thing that I want to see it before. I want I got to see it to believe it. I just have a hard time thinking a guy like him is going to go, wait, I'm in Strugglesville in Houston, and let me join the Jets, who have been in Strugglesville for the whole century. Sure. And that's where I just go, I, I got to see that to believe it. How about from the Jets side of it, though? What would be worth it to get to get him? The whole organization would it, be worth it. Well, you know, if you could go – And that's scenario, not enough. <laughs> well, if you said a scenario like Stugatz, where you said Sam Darnold, this year's number two – and maybe one of those picks from next year, I, I could think I could live with that with the Jets if I'm the Jets. And maybe you have to throw in something else in there too. Now, they're going to have to take Deshaun Watson's contract on. There's something to be said about that. But I think I could get behind that. But if you're asking for two this year and two next year and a Sam Darnold, that's where I go, well, shit, we got too many holes. I, I can't do that if I'm the Jets. But that proposed plan there, I think they might be able to get behind that. What the fuck are the Texans doing? They lose Hopkins, Watson, and then they, in an attempt to try to uh, impress Deshaun Watson and keep him, they hire a 65-year-old white head coach who's never coached before the NFL. What, who is running that organization? I mean, yeah, well, that's the, the big question. I mean, that really is. You know, listen, the, the Texans are dysfunctional. They have been for a while. Really, there ain't a lot of players in football that really want to play for the Houston Texans. But there's a Chris, salary cap. I know. Chris, that team was up 24 to nothing on the Chiefs last year. <laughs> I know. I, it's, it's unbelievable. It's crazy. But there's real issues with ownership and the way the ownership's viewed by the players. So that's a really big thing. And then I think some of the moves they made in the organization, you know, have upset Watson. But here's where they went wrong, Stugatz. First off, they told him he could be a part of the decision. I've never heard that, ever. I mean, not even Tom Brady or Peyton Manning were part of the decision. What? Right. right. So that's their first mistake. But okay, 
Now you're fucking dumb enough to do that. How about well, then involve him in the decision when you he tells you to interview Eric Bieniemy <laughs> or Robert Sala? How the fuck do you tell him you're going to be a part of the decision and then make decisions and not include him? I mean, you can't write that. Is that a Seinfeld issue? What the hell is that? I mean, that's just stupid. Yes. So that, they did this to themselves in a lot of ways. A franchise that is, uh, Mike, we, we found a franchise that has run uh, more poorly than the Jets. It's the Houston Texans. <laughs> Punch him in the face. Yes. Uh, Chris Sims, check him out. He's fantastic. Uh, I am now searching for it. The Unbuttoned Podcast, NBC Sports NFL Analyst. Dude, you're big time, man. I see you on the NBC pregame show. I see you with Florio. What the fuck happened to you, Sims? It was you hanging out with Lefko a couple of years ago. Uh, I'm trying to be like you, but I, I can't. I can't lie. Lefko, Stugatz, Levitard were very big part of the rise of Chris Sims. So I love you <laughs> and forever. Love, you're and my I, guy, man. And I love you forever. And I am asking you right now, okay? Yeah. One month from today, I want you on the podcast, okay? He'll Let's text you it. the night we'll before. <laughs> Please do, Mike. Sounds all right. good. I'm, I'm all for it. Anytime I can make it happen, Stu Godson, Mike, I'm on there. All right. He's a great guy. He's a good friend. Check him out. Unbutton Podcast. I think he's the best in the business with all this stuff, especially the quarterback position. NBA, uh, NBA, NBC Sports NFL analyst, also co-host of Pro Football Talk Live uh, with Mike Florio. Love you, buddy. Appreciate you. You're the man. Thank See you, you guys. All right? all right. Be good. Appreciate it. All right. Talk, Talk to you, to you soon. Man. Say hi to your dad for you. I will. He'll punch okay. you in the face. <laughs> I fucking love Sim. Um, what do you think about that? You're mad at me because uh, because all of a sudden I am a big Tom Brady fan, and I think we're both upset and crestfallen um, that Sims doesn't love Justin Fields. He doesn't think they have enough to trade for Watson, and we're going to be stuck with Devonta Smith. I shouldn't say stuck. He's probably the best player in the draft, but we need a quarterback, Mike. <laughs> we, yeah, listen, I am of the mindset where if you can't get Deshaun Watson, you keep Sam Darnold and you build the team. That's okay. that's that's how I've always thought about it because I don't like Fields, I don't like Wilson, and now mind you, I know nothing. I watched as much BYU as you watched Fordham. Okay, we I, I haven't watched anything, but that being said, I just don't. I feel like Justin Fields is a guy you can get in any draft. Uh, he did say Zach Wilson, and like like when he said Patrick Mahomes, and so, like that was a, go get Zach Wilson, get Zach Wilson on the podcast. <laughs> get, get <laughs> Um, I want Zach Wilson, though, if I can't have Deshaun Watson. Do you think, Mikey A., that if the Jets offered their entire organization to the Texans for Deshaun Watson, that the Texans would say yes? <laughs> no. No, I don't. I mean, if you if you offer – I feel like the more you gave them, it's like, here, take more trash. No, do you want more trash? And it's like, at some point, I have enough trash. <laughs> right, but that, that, you're right. That's the kind of trash where you're picking through and trying to find something – um, that's edible, and there's nothing in there. We had Robert Sala on the podcast. I get why Deshaun Watson would want to play for him, though. So I get I, it. And Sala said, he said, listen, I will upgrade at any position, including the quarterback position. He did say that to us. So I forced him to say it, but he did say it, okay? Um, man, I love Chris Sims. Um, I'm depressed now, Mike. I really am. Why? Because Tom Brady can't play for another few months? You, no, Tom you gonna, fucking uh, traitor. I'm depressed because I'm a fan of Brady. I'm depressed because Brady's going to play another five years and win another four Super Bowls. I'm depressed because we're not getting Deshaun Watson. I'm depressed because he doesn't really like Justin Fields. I'm depressed because I'm a fucking Jet fan, okay? That's, That's all why you I'm depressed. Yes. You can, I'm depressed because I'm a fucking Jets fan. That's all you 40 need to say. 40 years, they give me nothing. I mean, nothing. They've given me nothing. 
Nothing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, uh, perhaps I'll root for the Bucks next year. <laughs> Stu Stugout here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold Miller Lite. So we have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.